The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. China's Blue Circle Environmental Initiative has been honoured by the United Nations Environment Programme with the 2023 Champions of the Earth Award, the UN's most prestigious environmental recognition for its innovative marine plastic treatment technology. This year, five recipients from a pool of 2,500 nominations were honoured. Among them was the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research in South Africa, whose efforts have contributed to the global fight against plastic pollution. That is according to a statement released by the Nairobi-based agency. Honoured in the Entrepreneurial Vision category, the Blue Circle Initiative uses blockchain technology and the Internet of Things to track the entire life cycle of plastics, from collection to regeneration, remanufacturing and resale. To date, it has gathered over 10,700 tonnes of marine debris, making it China's largest marine plastic waste programme. This results from collaboration involving more than 6,000 individuals and over 200 enterprises from the eastern Zhejiang province. Inga Anderson, Executive Director of the UN Environment Programme, said that a complete change is urgently needed to solve the issue, which requires reducing the amount of plastics produced and eliminating single-use plastics, as well as implementing reuse systems and alternatives to minimise the negative environmental and social impacts. The annual Champions of the Earth Award was established in 2005 with the goal of praising innovators who are leading the efforts to safeguard both people and the environment. It has recognised 116 laureates in total throughout the years, including 27 world leaders, 70 exceptional individuals and 19 distinguished organisations. This is Special English. When young urban couples get married, they usually hire a fleet of about 10 cars to escort them and their family. But one newlywed couple in Dalian, in northeast China's Liaoning province, did something different. They chose to rent a public bus instead. Looking back on their wedding day on October the 5th, the bride, Yang Luar, said that she still feels joyful about the bus experience, which added special meaning to the nuptials. 26-year-old Yang doesn't like taking the usual path 
saying that with a car fleet, the bride and groom sit in the first car, while everyone else is scattered in different ones, which isn't very exciting. Young contacted the Dalian bus group in advance and got the approval. On their wedding day, a red electric bus, adorned with a giant caricature of the couple, a large rose pattern, and the words, We're getting married, carried the bride and groom, the groomsmen and bridesmaids, and Young's parents to the hotel. As Young recalled, everyone being together on one bus made the joy double. They played festive music along the way, and friends sang along. And when the vehicle drove by, pedestrians took out their phones to take pictures and waved at them. When the bridesmaids and groomsmen shouted to passers-by that they're getting married, they received smiles and cheers in response. The couple paid a total of 10,000 yuan for the bus, about 1,367 US dollars, including the decorations, which, according to Young, was cheaper than hiring a fleet of cars. Young said this wedding idea received positive feedback from their family and friends. Some said they would rent a bus for their own weddings too. Song Jian, the head of the planning department at Dalian Transportation Advertising, said the wedding theme bus is a low-carbon electric vehicle, and the design of the bus and its route can be customized based on the couple's preferences. You're listening to Special English. Manuscripts of the martial arts novel Demigods and Semi-Devils by China's literature legend Cha Lung Yung are on display at an exhibition in East China's Zhejiang province. The exhibition, held in the newly opened Zhejiang Literary Centre in Hangzhou, is dedicated to commemorating the fifth anniversary of the passing of Cha, who is more widely known by his pen name Jin Yong. An anthology of Jin, published by a Hong Kong publisher, also made its debut at the exhibition, along with manuscripts, books and photos of the martial arts and chivalry novelist. It's also one of the efforts to mark Jin's 100th birthday in 2024. Born in Hainin, Zhejiang province in 1924, Jin is regarded as one of the greatest and most popular martial arts writers. In March next year, a host of activities will be launched in the author's former residence in Hainin to celebrate the centenary of his birth. Xu Lingyi, an official with the publicity department of Hainning, said that many precious photos of Jin have been made public for the first time, thanks to the joint efforts of the organisers. In order to offer visitors an immersive experience of Jin's martial arts world and a better understanding of his life, the hall set up a reading space, 
allowing people to read or listen to his novels. Various versions of Jin's novels are on display, including the earliest versions originally serialized in newspapers and foreign language versions in English, French and Japanese. Divided into four themes, the exhibition showcases Jin's career development, novel creation journey and the impact of his works on popular culture. This is Special English. The UN Secretary-General has set up a panel of experts to make recommendations in the field of artificial intelligence, a technology with transformative potential, yet also great risks to democracy and human rights. Secretary-General Antonio Guterres said that last year saw extraordinary advances in the capabilities and uses of artificial intelligence through chatbots, voice cloning, image generators, video apps and more. He called on the panel to race against the clock and make recommendations on how to govern the use of AI by the end of this year, identifying the risks it poses and the opportunities it presents. Guterres said that AI could power extraordinary progress for humanity in these challenging times, referring to advances in areas including public health, education and even the fight against climate change. But all this depends on AI technologies being harnessed responsibly. He said the groundbreaking technology is concentrated in a handful of companies and countries, warning that the potential harms of AI extend to serious concerns over misinformation and disinformation, the entrenching of bias and discrimination, surveillance and invasion of privacy, fraud and other violations of human rights. Guterres said he didn't want to enter into doomsday scenarios, but noted that AI could undermine trust in institutions, weaken social cohesion and threaten democracy itself. Guterres picked some 40 experts in technology, law and personal data protection, drawn from academia, government and the private sector, to sit on the panel. You're listening to Special English. You've been listening to programmes from CGTN Radio. CGTN Radio. We invite you to visit us online for more audio, pictures and in-depth reports. At radio.cgtn.com, you can access a wide range of programs and find your favorite news, talk, features, entertainment shows and podcasts. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. This is Special English. In modern China, people have become accustomed to self-service convenience stores, where consumer goods can be obtained 
24 hours a day. And now, Hangzhou, the capital of the eastern province of Zhejiang, has gone a step further by setting up a self-serving vending machine that meets people's urgent needs for rehabilitative and assistive equipment. The facility provides assistance for disabled people and helps develop a barrier-free society. The machine on Suiyuan Street has 12 cells that store devices, including wheelchairs, crutches and walking frames, which can all be leased on a short-term basis. People can scan a QR code on the machine to register and check the device's status, whether it has been rented or is still available. Then borrow it after paying a deposit, from 50 yuan to 400 yuan, depending on the equipment, about 7 to 55 US dollars. Borrowers are allowed to use the device free of charge for a maximum of three months. That is according to Cho Ping, who is responsible for disabled people's affairs at the Suiyuan Sub-District Administrative Office. Cho said the machine was put into use in August, and so far about 140 items have been borrowed and returned. The move is an example of Hangzhou's efforts in recent years to promote and optimise a barrier-free environment, as authorities worked to assist disabled competitors in the fourth Asian para-games and also people living in or visiting the city. Wang Yu Huan, deputy director of the office of Hangzhou's barrier-free construction leading team, said that a city's warmth depends on its attitude to people who might be ignored because of a disability. According to the office of the leading team, the city has worked with the mapping company, AMAP, to develop a function for wheelchair navigation. By turning the regular navigation mode into a barrier-free one via AMAP, users can find routes with barrier-free, wheelchair-accessible facilities including during metro journeys. The routes also avoid underpasses and footbridges that are inaccessible to wheelchair users. Majid Rashid, president of the Asian Paralympic Committee, said that Hangzhou took the fourth Asian Paragames as an opportunity to optimise barrier-free facilities, and the changes will be beneficial to the city and all its people. Wang said that building a barrier-free environment facilitates the work and lives of such people and also seniors, boosting their sense of happiness and safety, and thus helping to build a more convenient, healthier and livable place with diversity and inclusiveness. This is Special English. China will launch its fourth survey on immovable national cultural relics this month, 
according to a circular released by the State Council. The survey aims to gather information on all immovable cultural relics above ground, underground, and underwater in China, including their names, dates, and state of preservation. Previously identified cultural relics will be reviewed, while the newly discovered ones will be studied and catalogued. Through the survey, the country will establish a comprehensive catalogue of its fixed cultural relics and a database containing the related information. The survey will be carried out until June 2026. You're listening to Special English. More migrant individuals seeking medical treatment have benefited from China's refined policy for cross-provincial on-the-spot settlement of medical bills through basic medical insurance accounts. Under the current basic medical insurance scheme, rural migrant workers, elderly people who relocate to be with their children, and other migrant individuals are allowed to directly settle their medical expenses incurred outside their home provinces. According to the latest figures released by the National Healthcare Security Administration, from July to September, the total number of direct settlements of cross-provincial medical bills reached 36.4 million, a quarterly increase of 27%. On-the-spot settlement of cross-provincial inpatient medical bills has been realised at about 78,200 designated medical institutions nationwide, with over 3.1 million settlements completed during the period from July to September. The administration said that the direct settlement of cross-provincial outpatient expenses also saw an uptick in the third quarter of this year, totaling 33.3 million cases. China's basic medical insurance schemes provide coverage for approximately 1.36 billion people, with the coverage rate currently above 95% of the total population. This is Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. China's Blue Circle Environmental Initiative has been honoured by the United Nations Environment Programme with the 2023 Champions of the Earth Award, the UN's most prestigious environmental recognition, for its innovative marine plastic treatment technology. This year, five recipients from a pool of 2,500 nominations were honoured. Among them was the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research in South Africa, whose efforts have contributed to the global fight against plastic pollution. That is according to a statement released by the Nairobi-based agency. Honoured in the Entrepreneurial Vision category, 
The Blue Circle Initiative uses blockchain technology and the Internet of Things to track the entire life cycle of plastics, from collection to regeneration, remanufacturing and resale. To date, it has gathered over 10,700 tonnes of marine debris, making it China's largest marine plastic waste programme. This results from collaboration involving more than 6,000 individuals and over 200 enterprises from the eastern Zhejiang province. Inga Anderson, executive director of the UN Environment Programme, said that a complete change is urgently needed to solve the issue, which requires reducing the amount of plastics produced and eliminating single-use plastics, as well as implementing reuse systems and alternatives to minimize the negative environmental and social impacts. The annual Champions of the Earth Award was established in 2005 with the goal of praising innovators who are leading the efforts to safeguard both people and the environment. It has recognized 116 laureates in total throughout the years, including 27 world leaders, 70 exceptional individuals and 19 distinguished organizations. You're listening to Special English. In modern China, people have become accustomed to self-service convenience stores, where consumer goods can be obtained 24 hours a day. And now Hangzhou, the capital of the eastern province of Zhejiang, has gone a step further by setting up a self-serving vending machine that meets people's urgent needs for rehabilitative and assistive equipment. The facility provides assistance for disabled people and helps develop a barrier-free society. The machine on Sui Yuan Street has 12 cells that store devices, including wheelchairs, crutches and walking frames, which can all be leased on a short-term basis. People can scan the QR code on the machine to register and check the device's status, whether it has been rented or is still available, then borrow it after paying a deposit, from 50 yuan to 400 yuan, depending on the equipment, about 7 to 55 US dollars. Borrowers are allowed to use the device free of charge for a maximum of three months. That is according to Cho Ping, who is responsible for disabled people's affairs at the Suiyuan Sub-District Administrative Office. Cho said the machine was put into use in August, and so far about 140 items have been borrowed and returned. The move is an example of Hangzhou's efforts in recent years to promote and optimize a barrier-free environment, as authorities worked to assist disabled competitors in the fourth Asian para-games and also people living or visiting the city. Wang Yu Huan, deputy director of the office of Hangzhou's barrier-free construction leading team, said that a city's warmth depends on its attitude to people who might be ignored because of a disability. According to the office of the leading team, the city has worked with the mapping company AMAP to develop a function for wheelchair navigation. By turning the regular navigation mode into a barrier-free one via AMAP, users can find routes with barrier-free, wheelchair-accessible facilities, including during metro journeys. The routes also avoid underpasses and footbridges that are inaccessible to wheelchair users. Majid Rashid, president of the Asian Paralympic Committee, said that Hangzhou took the fourth Asian Paragames as an opportunity to optimize barrier-free facilities, and the changes will be beneficial to the city and all its people. 
Wang said that building a barrier-free environment facilitates the work and lives of such people and also seniors, boosting their sense of happiness and safety, and thus building a more convenient, healthier and livable place with diversity and inclusiveness. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. 